December's wintry breath is already clouding the pond, frosting the pane, obscuring summer's memory. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramya Amuddin. This quote on our intro was by John Geddes from A Familiar Rain. And this quote is a little bit of weather, a little bit of winter, and a little bit of December specifically. And I think that December is still that lovely part of winter, that festive, that beautiful, that sparkly, shiny, pretty, just just enough cold to tingle your toes, but not enough cold to burrow. And that's why this quote stood out to me. Obscuring summer's memory also kind of talks to a little bit of we forget the warmth and we forget the outdoors and we forget the sunny times when the cold hits us. And that can be kind of hard. But that's okay, because we're still enjoying the festivities and the slight chill of winter in December. And as we wrap an entire year's worth of shows, of memories, of reflections, of beauty, of challenges, of whatever, the whole year package, we think, hey, December's still kind of nice. Now. Let's take a look at the CELA homepage. Go to celalibrary.ca and right on the homepage we can find these three featured titles. Black Waterfalls by Asma Zihanit Khan. This is a police procedural fiction which we did feature a couple episodes ago. So check out the pause or play back from that conversation. We also have on the featured titles page Artificial Divide by Robert Kinjeth. This is an anthologies. And the last one up there is Love from Mecca to Medina by S.K. Ali. And this is a family stories. It's also categorized as a contemporary romance that you can check out. It's one of my favorite times of the month because we're going to be checking in with Sarah Hillis in a couple minutes on Know Your Narrator. And she's featuring somebody who is about to celebrate a December birthday and he's doing very very well has recorded a ton you may know him by his for real name Simon Vance you may also know him by one of his couple aliases we're going to talk about the significance of that as well but quite interesting talking about aliases in a narration point of view we'll get into it also This narrator has lent his voice to almost every kind of title you can imagine. So from kids' books to serious reads to long, long, long fantasy to autobiographies, uh, absolutely everything under the moon. So check him out. We're going to feature it on Know Your Narrator with Sarah Hillis. This is AMI Audiobook Review. This is AMI Audiobook Review, and we 
are checking in with a contributor. Every month, we check in with Sarah Hillis. She features a notable narrator in the world of audiobooks, and we shout out the voices behind our favorite listens and get to know their fascinating lives and background of these individuals. So, Sarah, we've got someone special here today. Who are we chatting about? Well, we're chatting about Simon Vance, and he's probably one of the most popular narrators, I think, uh, in commercial audiobook narration. I think it's fair to say that um, a friend of mine really wanted me to do this one back when I first told him I was doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if he'll listen, but hopefully he will. Um, Simon Vance has a birthday uh, this month. He's turning 67. So I thought, why don't, we, why don't we do that? Um, yeah, why don't we deal with him? So um, yeah, he, he, of course, he's just, he's been around in the commercial narrating space for about 30 odd years. Um, so Simon Vance, uh, yeah, he's been around the commercial narrating space for about 30 odd years. And so he's narrated a whole ton of books for, I think, almost every publishing house you can think of. Really? Um, Blackstone Audio. Um, I think he's done the Audible stuff. He's done Random House stuff. He's he's just, he's not sort of a, he's not sort of stuck on one, on one publishing house. Um, he kind of chops around, I think, uh, which is cool. Um, he was born in Brighton, England in 1955. Uh, he got his start on radio as a presenter and newsreader, uh, for the BBC, uh, in the seventies. And then in 1983, he joined BBC Radio 4. And around that same time, he, he went to, uh, narrate books for the RNIB, the Royal in National Institute of Blind People, I think is what it's called now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he considered that his narration apprenticeship. Of course, he didn't get paid to, uh, he didn't get paid to write these books because it's volunteer. Um, but a good he, place to start for audiobook narration. At yeah, least. really good play. I mean, you yeah. get a, a wide variety of, of stuff. He, he'd been an actor as well. So um, they, they always like to find volunteers with, you know, good voices and acting experience for those kinds of uh, studios. Then he moved to the United States um, and he realized that theater wasn't going to give him the money that he needed uh, to make a living. And a relative mentioned commercial audiobook narration. And so he started with Blackstone audio in the, in the early nineties, I think it was. Um, And interestingly enough, he actually narrated under two different aliases as well, which I thought was the case, but I just, just wasn't from, like, sure. recognizing his voice. Yeah, but I just okay. wasn't sure. So they they were Richard Matthews and Robert Whitfield. So if you've heard <laughs> those names, it's actually Simon Vance. <laughs> okay, I I I mean obviously we know of um, pen names or aliases for writers, but for narrators, like what did it? sound like well how does he sound in his other uh forms well pretty well, much like himself I okay think. I, i'm not really sure why he said a number of narrators did this back in the 90s and i'm not really sure why other than maybe some of them didn't want their acting name to be associated uh, with their narrating name like maybe or it. that's just a speculation on my part i don't sure. i don't know yeah because really, i mean really the other way i imagine is like you you put on a whole different demeanor and voice and then this is your voice acting voice but if that's not the case then i'm curious about the the reason the root behind that okay yeah yeah all right 
So Richard Matthews and Robert Whitfield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's probably he's narrated so many kinds of books, like a lot of these really well-known ones. Um, fiction, nonfiction, like memoirs and biographies, historical fiction, uh, including Hilary Mantel's um, Wolf Hall stuff. At least one of them for sure. Bring up the bodies. That one. Uh, that one naughty, I believe. And uh, he won several Audi Awards from the American um, Publishing Association uh, for his work. Um, he's hosted the Audi event in 2018, so he got to actually host it. I don't think I remember that. Mike and I usually try to listen to it. I don't know oh. if I remember remember him doing that, but maybe I didn't listen that year. I don't know. I would have been, hey, that's Simon Vance. Oh, right. Yeah, because you're a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he narrates... Um, I think he's west, best well known for narrating the um, girl with the dragon tattoo and and those books by Stig Larsson, okay. um, which I haven't read. I must admit, but I think that a lot of people really acclaim him for those those books. Uh, he's also read a prequel to um, a Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin, George R. R. Martin. Um, so that's Fire and Blood about the. Targaryens, if you want to get into Game of Thrones, I'll try to, you know, not do that because <laughs> I can get pretty esoteric about Game of Thrones. Okay. But um, he's done that apparently, uh, which I haven't read. My favorite of his that I've listened to, and I've listened to a fair amount, um, some Dickens, some uh, Dune. He does work with the Dune uh, series for, what is it called? Renaissance Audio, I think, is doing these now, mm -hmm. uh, where it's sort of multi-voice and, and different points of view and that kind of thing. But it's still a book. It's not a drama. Uh, so that's science fiction. Um, but and my why favorite, did you enjoy him? Uh, doing any of his books, I think, that I've read. It's just he, he, he inhabits every character in a really nice way. You can tell which character is talking, even if the writer doesn't say said so-and-so. Mm. Um, he, he really does a nice job of doing that. And he uh, he matches his narration to the tone of the writing i think in whatever kind of book he's reading i think he can be serious he can be funny he can be you know um action oriented he can be reflective yeah he's just got that ability to do what he needs to do um is he a performer like, would you find him very theatrical? I mean, it sounds like his narration side started very young, even though he did go to L.A. and try the acting thing out. Um, but I'm curious about, does he come off as an actor, as a comedian, as you know, these people? Um, I think that he's able to to modify his performance for the narration space. I think okay. I think that he's not over overblown. Uh, he doesn't go over the top, I don't think. But he's 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 less subtle, I would say, than a Scott Brick, maybe. Right. But he's um, he's he's like for the sorts of books he often reads, I think I think it works. Mm. Um, he read um, Mervyn Peake's Gormenghast series, which is totally it's it's the kind of fantasy that if you really love fantasy, you'll read it. But if if it's <laughs> it's it's a little boring because uh, it's a whole different way of telling a story it's it's very slow moving uh very minute detail of character more than plot i would say mm. and so if i had read these books in 
Braille, I think I would have just gone, oh my gosh, what, how am I going to get through this? <laughs> but Simon Vance really brought it to life for me in a, in a way that I don't know that I could have done for myself. So really? it, it was really cool that way. Um, yeah, it, it, he's, ju- he's just done so much. Uh, he, he, he has some funny stories. Like he did a, a biography or an autobiography of Rod Stewart. So he narrated it. And uh, I guess he got to meet Rod twice and he was very, very happy about meeting Rod. Mm. He was like, wow, how cool is that? You know, I got to actually meet this guy, this rock icon, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and I guess that goes to the, the question of has he met a lot of the people he was reading about or reading from, the writers, the, he, the people behind the books? Yeah, he's met a few for sure. Uh, he really likes Guy Gavriel Kay, who's a Canadian um, kind of alternative history sort of slash fantasy author. It's hard to classify him, but uh, he's narrated some of his books and he really liked him a lot. And he seems like a personable guy, so I can understand that. Right, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he was reading a book by Alan Moore called Jerusalem, which is one of these just sprawling, I guess, kind of family town hometown kind of saga things uh from about 2010 and this was in england he flew to england he he spent time with alan moore walking around his town because a lot of it takes place in his hometown and j- just to kind of really get a feel for what he's reading about and and who he's reading about because alan moore's it's not about him but it kind of is sort of thing mm. so it's his own experiences too so yeah he he really does like to uh prepare well um, I know in an interview, someone said, well, how do you prepare for your, your readings, your narrations? And he just said, well, I read the books, you know, but, <laughs> but that was kind of his facetious answer. Cause there's more to it than that. I mean, yeah, y- you but know. you would think, but at the same time, stating that obvious is a pretty big point, right? Like to say, well, I have to read the books. It, it's kind of a, you know, how else can I prep for this kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's apparently a Doctor Who fan. He loves Doctor Who. Mm. Um, he's uh, he's compared the book, the the narration experience to the TARDIS, which is Doctor Who's phone booth, you know, time machine thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Doctor, I should say, not Doctor Who. And um, he um, he said, like, you can you can go across the whole universe and then come back home in time for tea, you know, just by by reading a story. And and he really thinks that story is is the main thing. He doesn't care how long or short the book is, just as long as it's got, you know, good uh, good storyline, good oh. good characters, that kind of thing. He'll he'll read whatever they give him uh right. for the most part, you know. Okay. I I can't remember who we talked about, but a couple months ago we mentioned a narrator who was like, eh, "I pass on certain things." So this was this <laughs> yeah. is a totally different case. Yeah, he well, he says he doesn't have a whole lot of choice. He can he can uh <laughs> you know they give me what they give me what am i gonna do but uh he can sort of say okay i've read enough of these can i not read any more (laughs) of these types you know that sort of thing but but does he he, say anything about what he tries to bring for the listener um he basically just tries to understand the author's intent i think and to bring that to whatever he's uh he's reading uh i think he's very much one of these narrators that's just like look I can I can contribute, but I'm not the person that wrote the book. So I need to know what the author is trying to do, right. so that I can bring it to you as a as a listener. Um, 
you know, without being too, you know, um, too much of me in there, I guess. Mm. That's interesting because, I mean, uh, I compare this to audio description a little bit sometimes, right? And when the describer of a movie or TV show or series is um, describing, some people are on the side of the spectrum where they're like, oh, you need to bring the scene to life for us insert yourself we want to hear you and then others who are like no i don't really want to know that the narrator's there i mean obviously they're the part of the uh series making it accessible for me but it's more of like a background um and we don't really want to get that personality and even describers have their own takes on these right so it's interesting to hear the narrator who says well it's really the writer that's bringing this i'm just kind of that middle person bringing that to you yeah i mean it doesn't mean that he doesn't do um a lively job of it it's Absolutely. just that he takes the liveliness from the writer and not and not as much from himself mm-hmm. i mean that you can't divorce yourself totally from anything that you no. do any art that you do but um i think he's really keen on you know making the book accessible for for someone that's not looking at it in print and trying to bring it to some kind of life because if you're reading it in print you're going or braille or whatever you're going well this is what I think the character is like or whatever but but the narrator has to kind of inhabit that for you yeah uh, to keep you interested (laughs) exactly you're you're creating that um, character for the person rather than like you said reading in print is you and your imagination right yeah that's interesting so has he said no to to books or something along those lines where he's like oh, i'm not really gonna do this genre anymore um not not as such um well he hasn't said that he said no i guess he said mm. i can i have done but he won't say what what he said no to right. <laughs> i don't think okay. i've ever found any info about what he said he wouldn't do anymore oh that's fun uh he's he's sort of like every narrator he says you know there are books i've i've read and i'm like why why did why does this book exist i don't really but but that's not my job to i'm not going to tell you what books they are i just read them and i hope you liked them if you did i just didn't like them but (laughs) but you're never going to know which ones they are from me no i'm never going to tell you right right smart okay so what did he enjoy narrating do you talk about that uh he's he's enjoyed lots of them he really liked he has a lot of his books are out of out of print if you can say print uh now because uh of rights issues and companies going under and that kind of thing that's how long he's been narrating for right so he's narrated a bunch of james bond and he really liked the james bond stuff uh he's narrated uh, yeah a couple of more british things that have gone just away like his stuff isn't there anymore and he's sad about that but but uh he, he i think he enjoys most of what he does because again it's he really loves dickens he sort of facetiously said i wish dickens was still writing today i I would actually i'm just reading some dickens right now it would be very interesting if he was writing today i have to tell you wow (laughs) (laughs) because he was always a very big you know social reformer kind of guy right so um but uh yeah so he he said you know i didn't choose dickens but they gave it to me a lot because of course i'm a british uh person and you know dickens was british and they want that kind of voice for the for the stories but i really love doing it so you know i didn't i didn't set out to narrate dickens but i'm glad i got to mm-hmm. he's narrated a lot of it so yeah i love hearing about that you know cuz these narrators they've done hundreds if not thousands of narrations and this guy i mean he started what 
as a kid right (laughs) yes yes he was he was six years old and there was a microphone given to him and he and he recorded winnie the pooh when he was six years old (laughs) and then spun into his career but you know because knowing that right knowing people who've done decades of uh, career building and then to to kind of pick out the moments that they loved or the moments that stick with them I mean to say I wish Ch- Charles Dickens was still writing is a, is a pretty um, significant you know obviously points to a pretty significant time in his career yeah yeah, yeah. that's quite interesting and your first book your first uh, exposure to Simon I think that my first book other than possibly the aliases which would have been something C.S. Lewis, I think. Right. Uh, my first book was, uh, I think, Great Expectations. Again, a Dickens. Mm-hmm. A Dickens, and um, just really liked his his style. Um, he, and, and I didn't mention this um, to you, but uh, he's also a character in the Sandman um, stuff. Uh, oh, yeah? All three, all three audio adaptations, he plays Lucian the Librarian, and uh, he's very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about the um, Audible Yes, the Audible okay. adaptations of Sandman, not Netflix. No, <laughs> no, we no. There were librarians of women in Netflix. Yes, actually. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's that's amazing, and we know how you and Mike love the the Audible um, adaptations of Sandman. <laughs> hmm. They're great. Amazing. Well, this is really cool because I mean I feel like we learned a lot about Simon. Um, anything more on what you believe he brings to books? Like the the kind of we talked about the tone and uh, his performance aspects and things like that, but any anything else on the kind of mood he puts you in, or uh, you know, can that really depend on the type of book? I think the short answer is yes, but you know, certain narrators have like a very a thick presence, right? Uh, their their voice or their tone or something like that but uh some of them are more soothing i find and you talked about the longer books that he's able to bring to life so with those do you think of any words to describe i think i think really he's just got this charming voice it's just it's just sort of nice to listen to even if you he's reading a a you know a dramatic horrible kind of part of the book he it's he doesn't he doesn't put you off like I don't find him off-putting I find him just he just draws you in he's like he's like Mm -hmm. you know you're sitting down on the on the floor as a kid and someone's reading you a story it's it I don't know there's that element to it like you just want to drink tea and listen to Simon Vance I don't know (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's that's a lovely line (laughs) just want to drink tea and listen to Simon Vance oh man amazing well uh, I think that it's nice that he wants to work with the people, right? Work with the authors. He he finds a lot of meaning in um, hearing from the people who, behind the books, I guess, uh, and gives so much of that credit to the writers, to the publishers, takes direction. Um, it really shows in, I guess, how long he's been able to do this and uphold his career. Yeah, I think he's a worker. I think I think that's that's the main thing, and and that's and the best narrators are. They just do their job, they like their job, they do their job. They don't have too much ego about it, and they just uh, they just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it shows because he's now worked with uh, like you said, a ton of different publishers and um, 
big names in the audiobook world. Yeah. I wonder if his alias has got the same kind of treatment. <laughs> I think they were mostly <laughs> done under Blackstone, if I if I remember okay. correctly. But <laughs> that's pretty funny, and I love how um, there's this there's this variety of you know, as you said earlier too, but fantasy and all these different genres, and all the random children's books that have also made the list. Oh, yeah, he's, he's he's I think he's narrated actually Winnie the Pooh as an adult and and he's done yeah. several several uh and he'd be he'd be great at like he's awesome at that kind of I think he'd be great as a, a children's narrator. Like uh I could imagine him doing Alice in Wonderland just wonderfully or something like that, you know. I don't know if he has. I I right. actually don't know, but but uh, yeah, no, he's done he could tons, he tons to. of different books and he doesn't care like he's like he's happy to do them yeah well i love it i love it a, a humble um but obviously incredibly talented narrator mm-hmm. sarah any final words before we wrap i just hope everybody has a great holiday and uh that kind of thing and uh it's been great yeah. doing this so far and look forward to 2023 oh yeah tons at least 12 more narrators to come in the next yeah. year. Well, <laughs> well, we appreciate it. We've highlighted some incredibly big names with you this year and super appreciate you doing the deep dive and bringing these um, names and voices to the table. We'll chat with you in Jen. Yeah. Sarah Hill is joining us for Know Your Narrator and today we feature Simon Vance turning 67 on December 16th, inducted into the Audible um, Hall of Fame, Writers Hall of Fame, as well as one of audiophile magazine's golden voices that's a wrap for this week's episode of ami audiobook review and until next week happy audiobook listening I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.